Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars, and today we are going to get personal. And to do that, to take that personal journey with me today is Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello, sir. Hello, I'm very excited to get personal. <laughs> uh, I love the way you introduce that because a lot of our episodes are personal, but this one is even more personal. That's absolutely true. Yeah, 100%. We 
definitely share a lot of our personalities, lives, and our loves of Star Wars. But this one is a list today that is going to go into the depths of our memories of our Star Wars fandom, uh, past, present, and, uh, well, not yet future. Uh, this to show today, the Star Wars rank uh, list we got for you is the happiest Star Wars moments in real life. Recently, we ranked the happiest Star Wars moments in Star Wars, the moments on film or in the stories, in the books, <laughs> in the TV shows that are really happy. And uh, out of that conversation, you know, you and I were talking about, well, what about us as fans? Uh, and and uh, people have been talking about Star Wars for a few years now on podcasts and shows, and there's got to be a lot of things that are, make us happy as Star Wars fans. We love to celebrate the greatest saga ever told here, which doesn't mean we don't look at it with a critical eye or question things and look deeper at things. But also, we come from this point of we are fans, and we are moved by it. We are inspired by it. We are connected to Star Wars in so many levels and have been for so long in our lives. So, Joseph, we, we decided to open up those memory banks like we're a wizard in Harry Potter pulling it out of our head with a wand. I don't know the spell for that. I've seen it happen <laughs> on a movie. Um, we've captured these memories. I'm going to share it with everyone here today. Yes, I put it in the podcast pensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, I think that's right. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is so great because I, I really enjoyed doing the uh, happiest moments in the story of Star Wars and really kind of having a realization as we're going through the moments that so many of those moments uh, in the story were about a, a character really getting something that they they needed or they wanted or finding a moment of uh, relief or catharsis. I'm really curious to see what all is going to tie together, what makes our, our <laughs> fandom moments uh, so happy. Yeah, absolutely. So we went back, like I said, in the, in, in the memory banks, um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it was harder. We always say it was, it was, um, you know, harder to uh, find, uh, you know, we, to narrow down our list when we talk about other things. Initially, I don't know about you, Joseph, just setting it up a little bit here. I found it like kind of kind of hard to pick a memory because, uh, you know, a lot of them were like last couple of years or things I experienced here. And it's like, no, I needed to really force myself to go back my entire career, so to speak, of a fan. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have, I think because we talk about it a lot, because it, because the culture is different, because it is something to be shared when you have like a really great moment, um, that it, I, a lot of them are in more recent times, but partially because I think just, uh, from the, the, the society we live in and my age, I note them now of like, mm-hmm. I, that was great. That, is that one of those moments that's up there? <laughs> yeah. So as I started this list, there were a couple of moments that were like, for sure it's on this list. And then thinking through like my whole life as a fan, it was really interesting to go back to, you know, older times and and really go like, okay, what was that moment back when I wasn't paying as much attention to? Is this one of the big ones? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Mm. So many memories, so many choices. Let's just get right into it, Joseph, here. We're ranking our happiest Star Wars moments in real life, and we're going to begin with your number four. Five, five. Well, we're not skipping five. five. I saw four. Five. You're number five. <laughs> I love this. You sound like the uh, the count on Sesame Street's losing control, just shouting out random numbers. <laughs> three. Three is the counting, and the counting is three. And we're going to begin with your number five. Uh, my number five is a more recent one. It is one that I just knew was going to be on the list because it is just one of those moments uh, that blew me away. I think it was because I got to enjoy this uh, this thrill uh, for myself as an individual, uh, but surrounded by a very large crowd. And I really like uh, enjoying things with other people. That's nice, too. Uh, my number five is uh, captured by the simple phrase, roll it again. Yes. Uh, many people will know exactly what that means, uh, but if you don't, and for the sake of sharing fun stories, uh, so uh, at the uh, Star Wars celebration, 
in uh, in Chicago. There was that great panel that we were lucky to uh, be able to get into, to be in that big room. It was the Rise of Skywalker panel, building up hype. Uh, and it was the reveal of the trailer, right? Uh, and the trailer, the reveal, the title. And that was cool. That was Everything was already great. This is already like, oh, this is amazing. Right, great, right. right? The revelation in the trailer, the implication that... Um, Palpatine was back, right? Uh, yeah. No one's ever really gone, seen the second Death Star and the laugh. And, you know, hearing the the burble go through, like, it, there's so many things going on. Like, people had been re- reacting audibly to every beat yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the trailer and what it, you know, confirmed or denied or revealed everything from, you know, uh, shirt colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so many different emotions, a roller coaster, and people are, like, applauding for the title and people are... You know, you can already hear the murmur of like, what's that Palpatine? That's, it's, it's Palpatine confirmed. Like, <laughs> you could hear the burble to me of, it, it, did everybody read that the same way of they just confirmed Palpatine's back, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the lights transition from the, the screening uh, to this, you know, from our perspective, tiny figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and the, the lights in the stage setup are red and you see it's Ian McDermott, right? Mm. Um, and I've just always been such a huge, huge fan of Palpatine. Don't need to go into the whys of that because uh, we've talked about that a ton. But a part of it for me is Ian McDermott of just yeah. being fascinated with his character actor who's like, a, yeah, no, I, he ran a th- theater. He's Royal <laughs> Shakespeare Company. Like he, the, this master thespian who just kind of fell into Star Wars and is now an icon, right? Mm-hmm. And always an icon who's up for it, right? Like, interesting. Yeah, I'm never looking down my nose at this. It's great. And I'm, let me play. Let me figure this out. Uh, so it, it was, for me, a fan, a, a moment of being a fan of Palpatine, but also a fan of Ian McDermott. And I know it's a standard kind of convention thing when you reveal a trailer like that to, you know, play it one more time. But the fact that the team, Ian McDermott, uh, leaned into it by him doing the Palpatine voice. So evil, so absurd. (laughs) And to say something as real world is roll it again. (laughs) It's just every little thing I liked about Star Wars. It felt like uh, boiled into that moment and just an absolute highlight for me as a Star Wars fan. It, It was a rock concert moment, wasn't it? It was like... What what are you talking about? He's coming out to play with Slash. What? What? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it. not only it, the utter confirmation that yeah, no. In case you didn't get that, here's Ian McDermott. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in the utter absurdity of the of the roll it again of of the Emperor saying something you know, so mundane, you know, mm. as roll it again. And like, <laughs> yeah. at least, you know, is is funny as the emperor saying like, we will be right back after this message <laughs> from our sponsors. <laughs> and having just everybody go, ah, most amazing thing I've ever heard. Last week on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, this is an amazing moment. And and I want to shout out our, our friend Brian Ward, who, of course, does our Forcer logos, a uh, listener friend. And, and we were at this convention with for several days. He, he put out that shirt, the Roll It Again, um, in the Star Wars kind of Re- Return of the Jedi red font. 
And I have that. It is one of my favorite Star Wars items um, ever. And it, and it is about that moment. And, and, and you guys should search Brian's stuff on TeePublic, um, uh, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, um, because some of the stuff he puts out there is so great. But, you know, it gets taken down, uh, Disney, whatever. And, 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 and it, I, he gets it. I get it. We all get it. We've had some shirts taken down in Fort Center, a lot of them, actually. Um, but you got to get him because he's, he puts out some of the best stuff. And that role again, I, <laughs> I think I had added it to cart the moment he tweeted it out and was like there, cause it's just such a good moment. I got to experience with each other. And if you don't mind, I, I'm going to go into a little bit of, of my view of this and why this, I, I was, I was happy for myself, but thrilled for you and a little <laughs> behind the scenes story, if you don't mind. Oh, please you, go for you, it. You and I have similar personalities in the sense of, uh, you know, we're we're not we're going to try to get what we want and 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 profession in a professional way. And if if something just doesn't work out, we are okay, and we'll we'll go on. We'll figure it out. And getting press passes and stuff to conventions is is sometimes easy, sometimes hard. But specifically getting into like press access for panels, it's one. It's a very privileged privileged thing. We're fortunate to even touch. But sometimes it's hard. And that particular one was very hard. Um, yes, uh, we couldn't get in, and the company I'd worked with at the time, I'd gotten in through that, so I was kind of taken care of. But it wasn't Force Center, and we couldn't get you in. And then that company wasn't being very helpful, if I'm being blunt. And and we couldn't get it. And it was just it was it was it was very frustrating. And I remember one point you said to me because you and I were in a hotel, and you were like, "Hey, look, if if I have to stay home and or stay in the hotel room and watch it on the stream, uh, there's no problem with that." Which I believe in my heart is is true from from your point of view. I, I know, yeah, you, I know you would have. But I was I just remember thinking like. We're not done yet. <laughs> We're not done yet. There's more of us, Poe. There's more of us. We didn't know that line yet. Um, and our friend Darina, Darina Ariano of the World Girls and so many other things, is so good at getting into things. Like, she's just got skills. And I remember her saying, who, who do we need to get in? I said, Joseph. And, and like, so you, me, and Darina marched on over there. <laughs> and uh, this great guy named Marshall Weinbaum was, was handling this stuff. He works for Disney, uh, you know, PR, that kind of stuff. And it's not, like, demanding. We're not, like, here's your manager. It was just like, hey, can we can we make this happen? And nothing under the table, nothing like that. And Darina, no, I was like, here we're doing coverage. This is yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And Darina made it happen, and uh, got both of us in and everything. And I just when that happened too, the joy. I just remember thinking, yes, we got Joseph in, <laughs> and this moment made it all worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, no, that it, I'm so glad you shared that it is a, it is a, a big uh, part of that. That I, yeah, I, I could have missed Roll It Again. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 <laughs> it's very and, very lucky to see it, and yeah. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube and stuff like that. But it was great to be there in the moment. It was a rock star moment. It's so glad uh, knowing uh, you know you and I share a love of, of Palpatine and McDonald, but, but I just know it as a special place in your heart. So great moment, great way to start our list. See, folks, we're getting personal. We're pulling the curtains back. I'll tell you about how I after that convention I had two hot dogs. <laughs> and just stuffed them down with no toppings. Just me and Christian Harloff eating hot dogs, talking about Palpatine. Oh, it was a great time. It's a great time. Um, yeah, so, it was a great day, a whole great day, and that was the beginning of a, of a really great day with a lot of great people. It was. So from there, uh, we're going to go uh, back a ways for my number five to start my list off. I, I'll read it as I wrote it in our notes here, Joseph. My parents get a tax return, so I get a Bestman guard. <laughs> we are going back to... Um, it might be, it's after Return of the Jedi. This, like, this I know. Uh, I'd already seen Jedi, and that's when I really, you know, fell in love with Star Wars. Been familiar, familiar with it before, kind of, and, you know, was in my parents' Volkswagen van for the screening at a drive-in, blah, blah, blah. I've told that story before, but it really set in at Return of the Jedi. 
And I remember that this day, uh, crystal, uh, crystal clear, uh, as best I can, as a, it's a young memory, right? Um, you start adding in things as you go along. I need a back to uh, sleep pod to remember everything specifically and, <laughs> and detailedly. Um, but you know, I don't, it's an adult attack. Like, get uh, my parents were like, we are, we got money back from a tax return. I had no idea what that meant. No idea. And we were a lower middle-class family, you know? So uh, all I heard was we got like extra money. That sounds good. Um, and I, I grew up in the town of Royal Grande, California. A lot of people uh, uh, know that. Uh, I've, I've told that before. But there's a stretch. Grand Grand Avenue is like literally like the Grand Avenue through the middle of, of all the five cities area there. There's a Lucky grocery store. A lot of people might remember the Lucky brand. And, and then next to that was a, a round table pizza. But like one of the old like go in, sit down, pizza parlor kind of spots. A lot of memories there. Squished in between them for many years was a toy store. And it was a cold Central Coast beach foggy day. I remember that. And we drove over there and my parents were like, we are going to take you and your sister to this toy store and you get to pick out one item because we got a tax return. <laughs> Did they really just say straight up say like, this yes. is how taxes work, kids? <laughs> this is kind of where I first ever heard the term tax return. And then you get money back for something, but it's ours. I don't know. I don't know. And Again, I, I say the lower middle class thing just because, like, that, that, that I grew up uh, with a wonderful life and a privileged life indeed. But, like, I wasn't, you know, I had, I had some friends. My friend Terry got every toy in the world. I had a friend named Britton who got every toy in the world. God bless that life. <laughs> it was theirs to enjoy. I didn't get that. And I meant a lot. And so I went in and, you know, it wasn't like get a Star Wars toy. You could get anything. G.I. Joe, Transformers, anything. And this was the, the, the classic wall of Kenner toys. And I spent my time looking at him, measuring what I want, and for whatever reason, Han, Luke, Leia, C-3PO, Chewbacca, I got the Bespin guard. <laughs> I had one toy opportunity, and I got the Bespin guard. The one that is, uh, there was a couple options. I think this was the 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 uh, Asian male, with, like the mustache kind of guy. I think I remember. I, I don't have the packaging in front of me. Uh, and I just grabbed that guy. And I just loved that guy. And that was the guy I picked. That guy. <laughs> And therefore, uh, for the rest of that time that I had the figure, I did eventually get rid of my kind of figures. I just had that, that, that memory was burned into my brain of, of you have the opportunity of Star Wars in front of you. What do you connect with? And Star Wars, you and I say we celebrate the, the grizzled weirdos, the background characters. On that particular day with this opportunity in front of me, I chose one of the guys guarding Cloud City. And that <laughs> meant the world to me. And it's still one of my happiest memories. Yeah, that that's such a great memory because yeah, th this is a part of the attachment to the toys is the the ritual, right? Yeah. And the reason, right, that you remember that moment is because it is uh, the 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 shock that you're going to be able to have this agency of mm -hmm. choosing one, right? Oh, the pressure, yeah, <laughs> the pressure, right? Uh, Will Wheaton's got a great bit about this. Uh, I, I'm sh I've seen him do it live. I'm sure he's got it written down somewhere about like that specific, <laughs> yeah. the wall of Kenner, uh, yeah. Star Wars, and the anxiety of you can get one, but which one? Which and one? I've always loved, you, you've uh, told a version of this story uh, um, before, and I've, I've always thought it was just so fascinating that, you know, your family has a history of, uh, of security and law enforcement, mm -hmm. and you yourself mm -hmm. worked in security a long time. <laughs> There's something <laughs> about young Ken. who's yeah. like, that guy in, in a pretty awesome uniform who's just you know i've got the the picture pulled up of the original card just like yeah. the dude there in a you know pretty cool nice cut uniform that just clans hands clasp just like i'm ready to take care of any problem 
It is. I'm yeah. here to serve the public. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at it now, and I, I may have, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know his, his. Uh, he's just described as as the as a white vestment security guard. I wouldn't call that accurate here on the list I'm looking at, uh, but my memory of the package just is 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 not as accurate as just the figure itself. Just and yeah. I've had that for a long time. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, themes emerge early on. <laughs> Themes emerge, and it, I love that you picked the Bespin security guard because your parents got their taxes back. Because it sounds like the kind of stuff that Lando was saying about Cloud City. Like I've had tax return problems of every kind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's very busy. It, it connected on some level. Uh, yeah. So uh, that is early on in my Star Wars fan. I'm starting out my journey and starting out my list at number five. Joseph, what is your number four? Uh, my number four, we are jumping to a, a little bit earlier in my life. I always think that one of the the things about uh, being a fan is wanting to find different ways to engage with the story of like, how can I experience it? You know, mm-hmm. can I get an action figure of it? Can I uh, play it or perform it in, in some way? Uh, and one of those things is video games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars always video games a lot of times i didn't have the the system i you know or access to computers and uh one of the things i always really wanted is to just like really feel like i am in star wars uh flying around and um eventually uh the rogue squadron game comes out for the uh the n64 um and and i played that and i loved it and it scratched a lot of that that desire to to be in the galaxy and to feel in command of a ship swooping around uh but then uh the gamecube comes out right mm. uh and it is the the follow-up rogue squadron game that is really walking through a lot of the battles uh, certainly other ones but battles from the movies right yeah and uh i bought the game before the, it was available like a week or something before the actual GameCube. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, before I knew if I'd even got it. And I always remember that feeling of like just unbelievable amounts of, of fun are in this disc, but I have no way to access them. Uh, and I remember uh, one of my friends being like, this is, a, that's the first time Star Wars is on DVD in any way because it's yeah. <laughs> uh, an yeah. actual you know digital format and the the movies hadn't come out on dvd yet and it was like a big deal so anyway uh, <laughs> this is a time where i was like uh i was uh living uh, with uh my girlfriend and i was trying to balance my video game obsession uh with having a functional life and <laughs> i often failed at that I was enjoying this game so much and it was the, you know, you unlock the next level mm-hmm. and I saw that uh, the battle of Endor is the next thing to unlock. And I was really uh, struggling to, to finish uh, the level before it. And I deeply wanted to unlock that battle of Endor. Yeah. And, uh, there was a night where a relative of my girlfriend was visiting. My girlfriend had to go do a show and, <laughs> uh, and this part of it isn't a fun memory it's a funny memory it's not a great memory uh it's a memory to be learned from put it that way yeah. uh i i was like friendly about it it's like do you mind if i just go into the other room and, and play video games for j- just a few minutes and and i'll, I'll be right i'll be right back out <laughs> and she's like yeah sure fine that's good tv out here i'll entertain myself don't worry about it uh is not very friendly or very hospitable uh but as i said I was borderline had a problem, but I went in and like, I'm just going to play for a minute. Uh, and I beat the level and like, then the battle of Endor opened up to me. And I was like, well, I, I can't wait. I got, I got to I got to try it once. And you know, in modern standards, when you look back, it might not be the most amazing thing, but it was the first time on a video game that I felt like 
this is not like a a, a funny wonky uh kind of you're in star wars like you're in star wars but the characters have weird heads or you're in star wars but the mechanics like i felt like the dream has come true i am in the battle of endor (laughs) right the sheer volume of tie fighters and tie interceptors that exploded out the dialogue from the movie you know and the the, they're sector mv7 and i always yelled at it like yeah that's apparently that's means everywhere because they're everywhere (laughs) Um, it, it, it was just it, it, it just that moment of unlocking Battle of Endor uh, in that video mm. game and feeling like I am truly in Star Wars. Yeah. And um, yeah, then I and I played almost all night and I had to go out and say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I unlocked the Battle of Endor and I'm sure you can understand. <laughs> you, you have to understand. You have to understand. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. No, and it, it, you're so right. You're capturing the spirit of, I think, uh, Star Wars fans, uh, and I think when any video game really succeeds, if the, if it's that type of game, even a sports game or something like that, like uh, you, when you feel you're in it, it is it, it is a weird thing. It's a it's a it's a magical thing uh, that we're all kind of looking for. I, I always talk about how much I love MLB the Show. It's because you know I would have loved to have been not just a baseball player, but I, like a general manager of a baseball team. And I get to, I get that feeling, and so I get lost in it, and I start daydreaming like oh, I got to trade that player. Oh, that guy's, and so to have that feeling and connect with it in Star Wars, that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean the the wish fulfillment to take down multiple star destroyers. Ugh, amazing. <laughs> great, great choice. Uh and I got to tell you it's I did not have a game for you. I've never played Rogue Squadron. Never have. Uh, yeah, it, it it I I haven't looked it up in a long time. I think at the time it was uh, stands in the uh the annals of video game history, but to me in that moment it was everything. Everything indeed. Well, that's your number four. My number four. We're staying in the video game world. Um, this was, uh, again, uh, as you and I, we're, we are uh, pretty personal on, on a lot of Force Center programming, uh, sharing our, our takes and our stories and our, and our journeys. So I know I've mentioned this one before, but I really wanted to focus on it because it's such key, it's a key moment in my Star Wars fandom. One I should have learned from sooner, um, but I always, <laughs> it's always there. So we are going to uh, 2005 range. Late 2005, maybe early, maybe early 2006, but I, I do remember it around that time. And this is uh, when uh, the 2005 version of Battlefront 2 came out. Mm. And uh, yes, if you've uh, uh, listened to me before, even read some stuff before, here's the moment. And it is a moment, a, a specific moment, not the game overall, but a specific moment in which I was playing on the Mustafar map as a clone trooper. And the music, as I was running around, the music that was playing was Padme's Ruminations, which is... Um, now, without a doubt, one of my favorite Star Wars tracks. Love it. And in this one particular moment, I realized, and remember, this is late. The game kit was released October and into November 2005 uh, to co- coincide with the Revenge of the Sith DVD release. Revenge of the Sith had been in our lives since 2000, May 2005. Uh, prequel feelings, all those things we're st- kind of working through, all those things we talk about a lot here in Force Center were all in my head. And my answer was, I don't like the prequels. Oh, there's 20 things I could tell you I like about them, but I don't like them. That's my official answer. <laughs> but I do love Star Wars, and I love the first Battlefront game released in 2004. My roommates and I used to play the, the hell out of that game. And so the second one comes out, and it's just as fun. And and this it's got a lot of prequel stuff. It's got Magito, and it's got you're flying ARC-170s, and there's a lot of things that are really cool about it. But this particular moment, in this living room, we, we me and my roommates rented a house in Northridge, and it was a bachelor house, guys in their mid to late 20s. We had two chairs <laughs> Uh, from Ikea, two little Ikea square coffee tables 
uh, that are 30 bucks each. And then this couch, that was like a blue uh, uh, suede back blue velvet couch. I don't even know how we got it, but it was there. And I was <laughs> in that, on that couch playing Battlefront 2 by myself. Cause a lot of times we play with, play with friends, but I was by myself just doing a solo thing. And the moment Padme's ruminations is playing the dark, somber, weird, you know, weird, wonderfully weird music. That's a little different. Oh, and it's, and, and it's Mustafar and I'm a clone trooper. And I thought right then, Oh man, I love the prequels <laughs> and it was an awakening and it was, and it was because, and, and then over the years and then, you know, later I, was, I started writing with some friends and I put those walls up again and look, there's a lot of things you can poke fun at a lot of things, you can, but Star Wars is, it is spiritual. It is in the heart. It, the joy comes from there. The intellectual stuff can come later. Uh, you can always criticize and, and find faults and want it to be better, blah, blah, blah. But it all, it all generates, uh, the joy of Star Wars just generates in those little moments. And I just, I go back to that often. I wish I could almost relive it. And I wish I was a little mm. bit more open to it. I wish I had, uh, I, I wish you, you had moved out to LA then, Joseph. And you and I could, <laughs> could have talked. And I would have been like, played that video game. Could have, we would have played the video game. And I would have said to you, I think I have a problem. You, you said, what? I, was, I think I like the prequels. Uh, <laughs> and, and you would have helped me through that. I, I didn't have that. I wasn't surrounded by that. And a lot of it was, well, Battlefront 2 is good. This prequel stuff is great. It's way better than the movies. The movies are stupid. Like that was a lot of the conversation in my friend group around that time. So to have that moment, to hear music, to a clone trooper, a setting, a world, and all of it adding up, it added up to Star Wars, a thing I loved. Great moment. I'll remember it forever. And I reference it a lot because it actually is pretty darn powerful in my Star Wars journey. Do you feel like part of it is just like uh, that that moment in that context stripped away any of the let's debate with other people, thumbs up, thumbs down, is it good or is it bad? And it's just like the, the uh, you know, the aesthetic power of it spoke yeah. to you? Yeah, it is. And, and I know that, that what is Star Wars is this weird moving goalposts and sometimes it's... Um, you know, a lot of debates come up. We've even book of Boba Fett of, of whether or not these multicolored uh, bright speeders are Star Wars enough. And, and I, I think more often than not, the answer is yes. It's just you know, something new, something strange. And it takes a while to maybe accept it. And the prequels went through that. The design aesthetic it was, it was very different. The technology was different. I think that was around it. But taking you're exactly right. Taking that all away. And my roommates and I, we're, we're still friends, by the way. The, the Greg, we're, we're still, you know, we can get a little snarky and fun. Like that's what roommates do who know each other since high school. You can make your little jokes and... And I think sometimes you can confuse saying wizard is a fun reference to Phantom Menace. It's not a, it's not a constructive criticism. And a lot of people confuse the <laughs> two, right? Like I go wizard. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It does suck. No, no, I'm just going wizard because it's funny. Um, so there's a lot of that in the house to strip away all of it. Indeed. It was again, John Williams, some of his best work. And it was the clone troopers, man, that looks cool. I get, that's really cool. And then Mustafar, something I've read about and dreamed about, not calling it Mustafar, but a lava planet where this mythic fight happened. To see it all, and yeah, the raging debate pre-Twitter uh, was was gone. Friendster in MySpace, but not the same. Yes, <laughs> and sitting alone, probably because I wasn't with my friends, and was it was just playing, probably off of work on an afternoon, and it all just added up to, oh, you're right, this is in those movies. This is there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful moment. Uh, I, I have, I've had some, a few moments like that where just like, Hey, wait, uh, this thing that I've got some like, Hmm, I'm not sure about that. Suddenly just like, wait, those sounds yeah. <laughs> that look, I like this. Maybe I don't actually dislike that yeah. thing. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. So that is uh, my number four. We're up to your number three. 
My number three is another uh, relatively recent one, but I got to be honest, it's definitely uh, up there uh, with just happy Star Wars. Uh, this is several hours. Some of the <laughs> moments that we're talking about are like, it's that moment. And this one is like, no, this is several hours. And I'll just say what it is up front. Uh, my number three is post The Rise of Skywalker first screening all day drinks. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. The drinks are part of it. Uh, it was really fun to go, go through this list and, and find the moments that were kind of like small and, and personal and, and the moments that were um, about community and connection as well. Uh, so uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast as well. Uh, we saw, you and I saw together uh, along with uh, many friends and our, our partners, uh, Grace and Sarah, the, uh, a screening of The Rise of Skywalker, press screening uh, on in the morning at like 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, at El Capitan, right? So, uh we have talked much about how much we liked the film. We responded to it uh, emotionally moved. Uh, some other people who were already um, not happy with it. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, it was just uh, this, I think you got that communicated to you uh, more than I did. And I was able to just kind of stay in my little, little bubble of happiness. You, you <laughs> let me know that there was some already some strong opinions coming your way. Uh, but in general, that bubble of just sort of uh, being deeply moved uh, by it. And, uh, a bunch of us, uh, went, uh, over to the California pizza kitchen, <laughs> fine dining establishment. Uh, and we, we just had a great little, uh, lunch. Uh, it, by now it was noon. It was like, I'm having a martini. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to celebrate Star Wars. And we, we talked about it. I remember, uh, Mark Ellis was there. And I think it was Mark who was like, uh, what, what do you think? Do you think people are going to like this? <laughs> we had some discussions about, about that, but it is a great, uh, fun time. Uh, and then, uh, my wife, uh, and I, after lunch happened, uh, everybody uh, split up and then my wife and I just didn't feel like going home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we stood around in that Hollywood and Highland mall for a little while talking about, uh, the movie and they were just like, you know what? Screw it. Um, let's go to Musso and Frank because you don't need, uh, it's a classic uh, Hollywood restaurant if you're not familiar with it. Uh, and you don't need, at the time, you didn't need any reservations to just go belly up to the bar. And right. Just go, you know, sit in a stool that used to be Orson Welles and uh, talk <laughs> about <laughs> uh, Star Wars. Uh, and a part of it, we've talked about it uh, you know, on a kind of analytical level, is in, there's plenty of places on the podcast to go find that. But one of the things that I was really affected by, and, and so was my wife, is what the film did and said about who Leia was and what her legacy was. And she's just as important as Luke. It's the Skywalker twins and how much that movie uh, did for that. So my wife and I um, went to the bar and uh, had some drinks at this great classic place, uh, you know, I had a, I think I had a second martini, uh, the kind of old school bartender, uh, upsold us <laughs> on getting another drink. Uh, there, uh, we were talking really hushed tones, uh, but then a person next to us was like, Hey, I'm, uh, you know, a part, uh, I think it was the advertising team, mm. um, that who had been contracted to help with the opening. And like, I haven't actually seen it yet. So don't spoil anything, but are you talking about rise of Skywalker? And like, yeah. And yeah. like, did you like it? And like, we loved it. And it was a really, fun and friendly conversation. Mm. It was just this, this bubble of, you know, sometimes when a, a new show comes on, there's that instinct to just go to social media immediately. Yeah. And this was this blissful for hours and hours and hours. I just stayed in this bubble of, uh, you know, family and friends mm -hmm. just loving it. And, um, and I had some good drinks too. <laughs> <laughs> 
So those several hours, uh, just one of my happiest Star Wars memories. And I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. It was, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. We have talked a lot about it a lot, and I don't want to belabor some of the points there. Yeah, but like when you say like some, you know, I told you some people were sharing their opinions. They were like yelling about it in the lobby, uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> and and again, you were always saying like, hey, if you didn't, if the movie didn't connect with you, all those kind of things. And we, and I mean that, and I know you mean that too. And it's like totally mm-hmm. get it. But, uh, you know, to be blunt, like, I, I, I'd come out with tears in my eyes. That's where this movie moved me. I keep talking about that. I know you had been moved. And and I just didn't want to have that. It just wasn't the time for me to discuss it. I needed to go be with my feelings. And, and uh, you know, Mark and I, Ellis and I, you know, obviously known each other a long time. We do comedy together on the road. There's just a little shorthand. It's almost like Ocean's Eleven where, you know, he'll pass me and under his breath be like, uh, you think it's time for lunch across the street? I'm like, yeah, it's time to go. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, it was like, let's go. And that was such a good just, uh, yeah, we were trying to be hushed as well. Who 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 knew, we didn't know who was around us, who didn't yeah. want to be spoiled. But it was just like, um, it wasn't It wasn't uh, the talk about the deep themes and all the stuff was going to come and you know, the criticisms or, you know, hey, more Rose Tico. All those wonderful conversation points we knew were going to come, but it's just to sit there as a Star Wars fan, enjoy a good, uh, you know, chain restaurant pizza, pizza uh, a midday <laughs> drink, and just be joyful uh, about new Star Wars and what it made you feel. And that was a great moment. And yeah, almost jealous you guys got to go on. We, we had to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even plan it. It was so spontaneous. And that's yeah. what that was a part of the joy of just like, we're not done being out in the world and celebrating this uh, again. Yeah, quietly. Yeah. Uh, so nobody overheard us. Yeah. And I think that's a part of it of like the, um, it's not that I don't ever want to hear other people's opinions. I actually really like it and I really want to know. It, but just sometimes as a fan, you want to take that moment to just feel what you feel before yeah. you start making it a discourse. Yeah. Um, and it was really nice to have that bubble of just, uh, feeling, uh, what we felt about it. Yeah, it was, it was a, a positive memory. One of my favorites and so glad you, you chose it. And, uh, yeah, going to an old Hollywood bar and talking Star Wars just seems right. <laughs> yeah, it, it ticks a lot of my boxes. So that's my number three. It does. Well, my number three, we are going to another Star Wars celebration this time, 2017 in Orlando. And this is uh, now follow me here. The moment is winning the first ever movie trivia Schmodown Star Wars championship. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I'm not here to talk about the glory. I'm not going to lie. Glory's fun. We like glory. But I'm here to talk about what it uh, what it uh, meant to me in a big picture. For those who, who don't know, and I think most that listen uh, know some of the stuff we do outside of this, um, Joseph and I compete in the movie Trivia Schmodown, uh, run by Christian Harloff. Uh, used to be Mark Ellis back in the day, Skybound. Came out of the movie uh, from the Schmodown movie show, which I was the producer of for the year. And it's fun, and it's movie trivia, and it's gotten big, and it's gotten serious, and a large amount of just wonderful competitors uh, joined the Star Wars ranks after this event. This was like this big special kickoff, including Alex Damon, uh, and people who I, you too, but people I just, you know, who absolutely I know were new, were going to be better at me than answering Star Wars trivia questions. And I wanted them to come in and show how good they were. That again, Alex Damon, you, uh, Laura Kelly's great, <laughs> uh, Nikki DiMolanta, Thomas Harper, uh, Adam Witt, who I love, and, uh, you know, uh, Sean Sullivan, a lot of, a lot of people. The Star Wars division in the, in the Shemodan has, has grown. But this was the early days. And this was still where it was almost like, a side little thing. We knew we were going to have this belt and we were going to this convention uh, and, and and a lot of people showed up and uh, you know, you know, Jenny Nicholson and Sam Witwer, uh, and Jeremy Johns, myself and, and another guy. And, and uh, 
I don't know how to say like the 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 training the 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 training and studying needed for Shimoda now is on another level. It's why I just knew I couldn't keep up with it. I know Joseph, you were great with it, but it's hard to keep up with the studying, right? It's just, yeah, it, it, it's become so very very intense. The yeah. the uh, the competition that that you're talking about is like uh, <laughs> it's like is a you know a a chef made hamburger at a fine restaurant in McDonald's. The same thing. They're yeah. both very good, but they're not quite the same. Not thing. quite the same thing. Uh, and I was, I'm not done. Well, I was doing some study and everything, but some of the other people were, um, uh, like making, uh, uh, like who now my fiance, she used to work there, like making them yeah, as part of her job, train them <laughs> and they wanted to win. And the passion was real. And I wanted to win too. Not gonna lie. I was training and studying. Long story short, uh, Whitwer fumbled the ball. He messed up on a question he'd answered 999 times out of a thousand. He messed up. Captain Nita, he got eliminated, goes to sudden death and I win. Uh, that was great. But there's great joy and I get dispelled and there, and there was like 500 people. And, and like I said, I'm not going to lie. Joseph and I love to, we do a lot of things that occasionally put us in a spot where a lot of people get to show us their appreciation to us and in, in our face. And it's, it's totally fun. We love that. So I'm not going to lie. That was a great feeling. And after the event, we had so many people gathering around us at the security to come and be like, what's going on? <laughs> there was that, there was a moment after all that, that was so fun and you're riding into buzz. It's a buzz. And I was walking back in a long walk back to a hotel in Orlando and I was walking back and it wasn't like tears of joy type of joy, but it was this, I was a kid who used to get beat up on a playground <laughs> for wearing a return of the Jedi shirt. I was a kid who, as he grew up, who was like, oh, oh, you're interested in girls. You want, you want to date girls? They're never, never going to date you. You love Star Wars, nerd. I was told that. I was in my early 20s. My friend's coming over. You got to get rid of the Star Wars stuff if you want anyone to love you. You got to take all this stuff down. And I just remember walking back to the hotel thinking, I just, I just won a Star Wars trivia question uh, uh, contest uh, and people loved it. And I have a podcast about it and I do this and, and like, what a crazy, wonderful thing that I wish I could go back and tell my 10 year old self on that playground in an elementary school in Rio Grande, California, you're getting uh, bullied and beat up for this now. Don't worry. Stay true to yourself. Uh, and that's a lot of things in life. And if you could go back and tell your youthful self, the kid who picked the best Bengard out of the toy store with your parents' tax return money, um, not only is it going to mean something to you later, it's going to be uh, rewarding and enriching, and it's going to help you grow as a person. And, and uh, we always believe in just holding on to that love. We're not here just talking about some movie series we love. We're talking about Star Wars. And as I walk back to the hotel room, all the shouting was done. All the celebrating was done. I just remember thinking, this is unbelievably amazing, and I'm so happy that as a Star Wars fan, I got to experience it. Yeah, it is so, so great, uh, everything you're saying about that relationship to some of the uh, yeah, it's cute that you like that kid, but keep it under your hat vibe that, uh, for better or worse, we grew up with, mm -hmm. with the way the world has changed in that, that particularly with trivia, that idea yeah. of like, you could maybe skate by, you know, as you and I were becoming teens and, you know, supposed to be putting the childish things away, you could maybe skate by with like, yeah, I, I like Star Wars. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be awesome to have a lightsaber. Boba Fett's a cool name. Yeah. You could maybe skate by with that, but you are not supposed to know that those are Corellian blood stripes on Han's pants, right? <laughs> no, no. You are not supposed to know that Greedo is a Rodian. You're certainly not supposed to say that out loud. So there's like this real, like the, there, I felt a pressure to like, I can kind of acknowledge I like it. Yeah. but don't tip your hand that you know too much and to have it flip where like I used to be frightened 
that I would be ostracized if people found out uh, how much I knew about Star Wars. Then to play a trivia contest, I'm like, I hope people think I know enough about Star Wars. You know, right, that right. direct flip is really powerful. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great memory. And uh, I'll just, uh, one, of the, one of the things I remember too is uh, Alex and Molly. So that's the day around the time I first met them. Uh, and, and I just remember looking out in the crowd and I say at one point, I go, that, that, there's, there's your future champion right there. And he cleaned my clock. So uh, <laughs> it all worked out. All right, that is my number three. Uh, we are up to your number two. All right, uh, my that, that's uh, such a good one. I'm I'm uh, reeling thinking about it. But my number two actually does uh, tie in, in in a certain way because it is about that being able to very publicly uh, celebrate Star Wars and publicly celebrate uh, our love of it. Um, you or I are both performers, so any happy list of happy moments for me is always gonna. Um, involves some amount of performance probably. Yeah. And I think part of that goes to a little bit of what you were talking about uh, of in youth of like sort of the, that just general, like keep everything under your hat. Be cool. Yeah, be cool, man. <laughs> Especially, you know, uh, the, I think when I was younger, like the, the way that it was, it felt socially acceptable to, to have people, you know, uh, applaud you and validate was like sports. And I just, I, I, I tried and I was never great at them. Um, and, discovering performance it was this way where I felt like this is a venue in which uh, I can and should be loud and proud Uh, you know Um, all the cultures I come from are very much like be very let's 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 be uh, very polite and (laughs) laid back and let's not let's not raise our voices and let's not make things about ourselves if they're not and performance was such this um, outlet because it was a structured societally agreed upon you are on stage. You are making a presentation. Please find a way to be, you know, the this uh, big, loud version of yourself that is also honest and is sharing uh, what you love in a way that also brings joy to the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, just a little bit of that is just the understanding of like, uh, it, it is the act of getting to totally uh, come out of any sort of shell and be your full self in front of other people. Uh, is a big part of this uh, memory. So uh, I'm going back to uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Phantom Menace is all the rage. Everybody's talking about Star Wars. Uh, This convention uh, that I have been a part of for many years uh, in in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Convergence is just getting started. uh, And Star Wars is everywhere. And I'm kind of hitting a stride with some other friends with the sketch comedy stuff. Mm. Uh, but even with that, the sketch comedy stuff is like, you could kind of make an offhand Star Wars joke, but a whole Star Wars sketch, you're, you're probably going to lose the general audience. Right. And so going to perform at Convergence, we're like, do your sketch comedy that, you know, that everybody uh, in, in our, in this sort of social group likes, but you didn't, you don't need to do bits about the office, <laughs> uh, working at the office, not the yeah. show, the office, like yeah. go as nerdy as you can. They like test us. Is there anything too obscure? <laughs> right. Um, and in particular it is kind of a, a memory over the years. Uh, so 99 in anticipation of Phantom Menace, uh, I wrote kind of like a, a trailer, a, a sketch that was structured as a, is a trailer for a movie called The Power of the Funny instead of The Force. I was a huge comedy nerd, and so were all of my friends. Um, And it was, uh, I don't entirely agree with this now, it was definitely my perspective then, but it was sort of structured that, like, 
kind of lazy stand-up where you just make sex jokes and, and mm. dick jokes is th- that's the dark side, right? And you know, kind of more old-school vaudeville physical comedy. That's the light side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the whole the way the whole trailer was structured, and it was that's and great. I got I wrote and I played Luke, and it was about you know Luke's journey to try to understand the the power of the funny. And uh, one of my favorite things was, uh, you know, my my brother uh, on my back, he was playing Yoda and, uh, you know, I was being Luke and carrying him and, you know, playing it really seriously and saying, but Master Yoda, are dick and butt jokes more powerful? <laughs> and that gets a nice laugh and my brother doing, you know, good Yoda impression saying, no, no, quicker, easier, more seductive. <laughs> <laughs> And that kind of the whole thing's framed around that in it, you know, it goes great. It's exactly kind of what, what you're describing of, of feeling like uh, I can take this part of myself that I used to need to, to keep under a hat and just really celebrate it. And then that became uh, the, the specific power of the funny became a tradition for Attack of the Clones in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And had moments in, in both of those sketches that I just loved doing. You know, I got to pretend to, to be Obi-Wan and that was uh, that was so much fun. Uh, you know, poking fun at some of the weird things of Attack the Clones, but I, I remember one of my friends going, hey, I love that sketch because it pointed out everything that didn't work about Attack the Clones. And even back then I was like, yeah, and I wrote that as somebody who actually likes the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a happy memory. And then uh, final thing for this, uh, you know, it was weird to go on this journey and I actually grew obviously a lot as a, as a human and a performer over the six mm. years it took us to do all three of these at the convention. But 2005 comes out and, you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith has lots of great moments that are, that are fun to put in this sort of parody structure um mm. and one of the things we did with this sketch as well is that the lightsabers were you know like old school rubber chickens nah. uh, that we did yeah. choreograph fights with uh so we, we're doing uh, uh revenge of the sith and the uh my brother and i are my i'm playing obi-wan my brother is playing uh anakin and uh, we're, we're doing the rubber chicken choreographed lightsaber fight <laughs> and a bit that it was worked really well because we, you know, we had similar sensibilities, similar kind of appearance and timing of, we did the moment where, where uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin both reach their hands out to use the force and, and to give the push and they're locked. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do the hand and then we both at the exact same time, drop the rubber chicken out of the other hand and then raise the other hands. So we're still locked. And then uh, had the balance at the time to both raise a leg. So we had like three limbs <laughs> up trying to do the big force push and, you know, got big, nice laugh. And then both uh, lovers of physical comedy and abusers of our bodies at that time, then pushed ourselves as hard as possible to go flying Mm. and a great response and just a great memory of a way to take a love of Star Wars and kind of translate it into a different part of my life. Ah, beautiful. I'll just sit back, taking in this story. I would have loved to see it. See, I, I wish this is, you know, if you had done the show in LA, it would have been like, oh, there's a path in front of me of, <laughs> of what to do. Uh, and you're right. There's, I, I think I mentioned before, but I, I did a very nerdy Star Wars related sketch of the Groundlings uh, while I was training over there. And, and my director's like, that's funny, but it's just never going to play in a show. Uh, people aren't going to get it. I'm like, people get it. People get it. <laughs> so for you to experience that on that level, and just a great concept too. Now, are these on video? We got to release these special editions. Uh, yeah, I, I'll have to, I think I can maybe, we'll, we'll dig. I'll see if yeah. I can find it. That's great. That's great. That's just a great memory. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Just taking, again, taking something from your past and just being able to explore it and uh, celebrate it now. It means a lot. It means the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's my number two. Great number two. Mine is, uh, my number two, pretty simple and direct here. 
uh, pretty recent, uh, 2020. In fact, uh, the week of the pandemic lockdown, it was a weird time. <laughs> it was a weird time. <laughs> I uh, got to go. Friend took uh, uh, in a planned trip, which is why we ended up doing this. The week when everything was kind of going crazy and professional sports were shutting down and we weren't even sure if we should be there. We went to Galaxy's Edge. And um, my number two moment is seeing the Falcon, the Millennium Falcon at Galaxy's Edge and actually crying whenever I never thought I would. <laughs> um, I, lo- I love going to Disneyland and theme parks, so that's that's not the issue. But I just didn't think I was going to get to Galaxy's Edge, uh, costs, travel, whatever. And this is without even a pandemic lo- looming over uh, everything. Um, but uh, a friend of mine uh, uh, just said, hey, we'll, we're going to take you and Grace. We'll treat you. It'll be a gift uh, uh, for me and uh, my wife. And, and so we had a hotel uh, room. Grace and I were down there. And so it's one of those things. And we said, let's just go. Uh, looking back, I don't know if we would have now, the way things were going, the information was coming out in a, in a weird fashion. But it ended up being, I, I've been in California for 24 years now, the rainiest, most consistent rain I've ever dealt with. <laughs> Started raining at 8.30 in the morning, did not end to about 6 p.m., soaked, shaking. We left. like It was just crazy. But one of the first things we did, before the rain fell, by the way, uh, we uh, hit the park, 8 a.m., and I, by this point, I've seen the pictures. I've had some friends who have gone. I've seen the press stuff. I've, uh, you know, I've seen the Millennium Falcon. Again, that story was told of the the, the version that you could step on at uh, celebrations. Like, what? Nothing was going to get me. Yeah, I love Star Wars. Yeah, I cry over Star Wars. Yeah, I'm moved by Star Wars. But well, I've been to Disneyland before. What are you talking about? And we walk in. I think even you had been by this point, Joseph. I think yeah. you had gone before. And you had, told, you had kind of prepped me and... Alex Backus of Black Shows Rebels has gone a couple times with Steve Ellis. They had told me, oh, gosh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I did I did it, man. I walked up. I, I came around the corner. The Falcon's there. You're in this world. I remember getting kind of a – I posted on Instagram, but it was even it was kind of like a bad picture. It wasn't framed right. It was just like uh, – and uh, I was moved. It wasn't like a bawling, shaking, sobbing, but it was like eyes watered. Again, I don't want to re, you know reiterate in kind of the same point of like, but you're going back to as a kid, you're going back and, and, and they've done such a good job. And, and if you out there listening have not had a chance to go, I hope you're all fortunate enough to just uh, be able to get to either one of the locations and experience it one day because uh, it was everything. And despite, and I'm not saying I approached it cynically. I just approached it of like, yeah, 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 I get it. They built a Falcon. Got it. <laughs> and I get there and you're like, that's the Falcon. <laughs> and and everything about Star Wars, everything that you connect to it, I just felt it in that moment and was moved. And I'll cherish that little second, that split second of oh, my breath has been taken away because of Star Wars. I'll cherish it forever. For you, was it the power that it felt real? Like, you know, like I was talking about with um, with the playing the Battle of Endor video game that I felt like I, I kind of got to step into the world. Is that what it felt like to you? Like that, that it's almost real? Yeah, because they, they sell that as Galaxy's Edge. And look, again, it's Disneyland. I just paid $25 for parking. I walked over from my hotel room. I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you weren't confused about where you were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but Disneyland, I don't know. I bet, well, in Orlando, they bought the whole, you know, damn city around Disneyland. But in Anaheim, you know, they, they control the airspace. Like planes and helicopters don't go over Disneyland. Like it's, it's un, You don't go in there, like, unless you need to. So it's like you're, you're easily transported away. I get that. But, like... Everything about it, the rock form- formation, everything, which by I could see the rock formation from my grandparents' house, like 100% mm. knew where I was. But like, yeah, everything they say it is, if we want to transport you away into Star Wars and with the characters walking around. Like, I remember one of the first things when I kind of came out of that, like, whoa, kind of haze, and we we're going to go on the ride. I wanted to find a cast member to interact with. And mm. I wanted to play. And I, and there was someone around, but he was, he was helping someone else. But I wanted to be like, Bright Suns, how are you? Is the <laughs> ship taking? Like, I just wanted to, I felt it. And yeah, that magic of the video game feeling, it, it, it does work. And again, even though it's a, you know, you get a bathroom sign you're looking for and all those kind of things, like, 
you know, I, uh, I, 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 they, they, they succeeded. I'm always going to say uh, they, they've succeeded in making Galaxy's Edge magical. Yeah, absolutely. Just that that scale of the Falcon, I and mean, it just really feels like you're looking up at it, and some stormtrooper bolt could come sizzling by you, and you got to run onto it to get out of there. It's just it makes yeah. you feel it. Yeah, oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't have much to add to it. I can't wait to get back because we went in to ride the Falcon. And drops of rain were falling. And I, I love the rain. I'm a rain, rainy day kind of guy. But it came out, I'm t- torrential downpour for nine hours. <laughs> Even after we left the park. And because they shut, they announced, wh- while we were there, they're like, we're shutting down Disneyland on Saturday. This this pandemic thing's going to be, it's, it looks like it's a problem. And I just remember, we got to get, we did Rise of Resistance, all the stuff, which was amazing. And it was still raining. And so I got to experience Falcon in the rain. I want Falcon in the sun. <laughs> Yeah, you, you've experienced the uh, L.A. film noir uh, Falcon. Yeah. Now you need to yes. see the, the bright, sunny L.A. Falcon. Love it. So that is uh, my number two, The Magic of Galaxy's Edge, The Falcon Making Me Cry, even though I thought, oh, cynical Ken's going to return and he's not going to cry. We're going to take a quick break on this Star Wars rank and come back with some honorable mentions that I swear we're going to cover in less than an hour. Uh, the honorable mentions themselves. And we're going to continue with our favorite, uh, our happiest Star Wars moments in real life right here on Star Wars Ranked. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're back here on Star Wars Rank. Joseph Scrimshaw and myself are going through our own memories, our happiest Star Wars moments in real life. Hope you're all enjoying the ride, and I hope you have moments, too, that connect with ours or are completely unique to you, and uh, we'll tell you at the end of the show where you can share them if you want to let the world know and let us know. Some honorable mentions here. Uh, Joseph, I'm going to roll through mine here and then just kind of kick it to you here. Um, Some of this one I've talked before here, Chicago Celebration, the day after the Roll It Again panel, uh, being on the floor, I think I was, I don't know why, you either were off going getting toys or a hot dog or a beer, <laughs> or I, I was just in the center of the convention floor where they, where they shot the uh, the Star Wars show stuff, and the trailer, and it's about, there's thousands and thousands of people, and the trailer comes on, and everyone stopped, and everyone looked up, and all the debate that had already sprung up was gone, and everyone was watching this thing, cheering, and I, again, theme, Ken cries. I started to cry, not even because of the trailer, but just like that feeling. Oh, my gosh, we're Star Wars fans. And it was just a great moment. So I don't even know where you were because we were traveling back and forth to the convention at the same time in the same cab. So I don't know. I I, I think uh, you're, two of your three options. I was either getting a beer or an action figure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably right. That's probably right. Uh, other one for me. It's similar to what you're talking about with your, your, your comedy experience. Uh, but anytime one of my Star Wars jokes hit hits in a comedy crowd that's not built for nerd jokes. Uh, mm. There's different kinds of comedy shows to attend in and around LA, but even around the world. And I'm not even talking about the, like, the ones I do now. I do a lot of Star Wars humor with my stuff when I'm going around with, with Alice and everything. But back in like the mid-2000s, I, I had a couple Star Wars jokes. I don't use them anymore. One's based around Nine Numb, which is why he's, I have a lot of Nine Numb figures because I just owe a lot, to, a lot of laughs to Nine Numb. Um, <laughs> it would, you, you would never know. You would tell, I would tell this joke and the punchline would get, huh, silence or applause or more often than not, silence and three people clapping like I just <laughs> connected with them on a level they never imagined. Which then the whole audience turns around to them like, why are you so into this? Which yes. is always fun. Because it, was it wasn't just Star Wars. It was a specific reference to number one, Nine Numb, the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon Return of Jedi, and one of the moments of the, of the Falcon and the X-Wing swooping into the Death Star it was part of the joke and part of the setup and sort of part of the payoff. So anytime it would hit, uh, it felt, it was an early version of that, like, oh, there's Star Wars fans out there. Uh, I've been told there isn't, <laughs> even though it's the most popular thing in the world. I've been told there isn't. And so I love those moments as well. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, other one for me is uh, buying the Black Series Job of the Hut, uh, which was the Comic Con exclusive from my friend Christina at the uh, uh, Halo 13 store at the mall I worked in as a security director. Hundred dollars <laughs> cash. She went down, and uh, even though I was heading down to Comic Cons because I was covering them or shooting video, like you just don't get to experience it uh, in the way where you can wait in line for the exclusives. And she's like, "I'll do it for you." So I paid her. Uh, paid her when she got the figure. Hundred dollars cash, uh, and that was the real reason. Was it was for. 
Jedi Lions and Mod and I, and along with other people at the time, and I know when you you were hosting with Mark and, and and John, like you brought your toys in and you put it down and you displayed them. And I specifically was so excited. I mean, I think I even texted Mod, like, I've got a job of the hut for the set. I got a job of the hut. <laughs> and again, it was just hilarious. The idea of hosting a Star Wars show on YouTube uh, just was insane to me and 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 still is kind of when you think pull back, it's just like, wow, that's that's what a way, what a thing. That's so awesome. Um and it was great. It was just a moment of like, I, this is a lot of money for me. <laughs> I need it. I need it. <laughs> that is such a great one. And that Java is great. It's good. Um, uh, name, uh, naming my first car, the Millennium Fairmont. Uh, you and I have talked about, we both uh, own 1981-ish, 80-81 Ford Fairmonts as our first car. Um, proving we should have been friends a long time ago. Uh, but there was a moment <laughs> when I got this car in high school. Uh, this car's already old. It looks old. Uh, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to name this car the Millennium Fairmont. And... <laughs> It's just assuring that I would not have a social life at the time. Uh, I didn't paint it on the car or anything, but it was just like this decision I made. And it was fun. It was cheeky. It was a little play on words, but it was also me. I was Han Solo in my Millennium Fairmont. So I remember that moment. Telling my friend, you know, I'm going to call this the Millennium Fairmont. Yeah, and it, the, those, uh, the, the lights in the back had a, a Falcon vibe. They really did. A couple more for me here. Uh, uh, the moment the Lucasfilm sale broke on social, social media. Um, we are going to discuss this probably later this year because this is the anniversary year of that, which is crazy to think. But uh, this was uh, another one of those day job memories. I'm in a suit and tie in my public safety office. Uh, was at this time producing stuff, starting to produce for Shimo's No Podcast and uh, stuff started coming across. And I remember I was on my computer looking at Twitter on my desktop, saw the first couple tweets, and it's like my brain imploded. I could not, what was I reading? <laughs> what was I reading? And then once it dawned on me and I'm seeing all the tweets and the hashtags come across, I can't describe the the, the, the wave of excitement. I was shaking. Yeah. I was shaking. And my boss came in. It was a, I was a retired police officer, but he was an actor too. And he's kind of an, and he loves old, he loves, he's an old school Star Wars fan. He came in and he's like, what, what, Ken, what's going on? I'm like, is there, is there something wrong? Is there something wrong? Is there a safety issue? Like, no, there's a Lucasfilm, stole, stole, there's going to be more Star Wars films. Like, <laughs> so, great, yeah. moment. great moment. The, the enormity of that compared to Lucas is like, I did it. I'm done. I'm doing these Clone Wars things. But <laughs> other than that, forget about it to that. Yeah. Uh, Incredibly so, powerful. Yeah. Final one for me. I swear, swear it to be true. Uh, <laughs> uh, back in uh, about 80, 81, I was still living in Orange County. So I'm less than five, six, you know, so my memory is so foggy. But I, I owe this a lot. A, a family friend uh, was at, at some party. They lived around the corner from us in the city of Orange, not too far from the Orange Circle, if anyone knows where that is. And uh, they were like friends, my parents' uh, friends. And um, I was always a quiet, quiet, shy kid, and there was a party, maybe a birthday party. I don't know. A lot of kids, a lot of screaming, a lot of shouting. And I just was hanging out in the living room by myself. And I think my dad kind of came in. Like, Kenny, Kenny, what are you doing in here? And uh, my dad's quiet and shy too, so he sat down. And then uh, the 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 guy who uh, it was a husband and wife, um, and I always he looked like John Lennon. He was a big John Lennon fan. And the day John Lennon was assassinated, I remember him showing up at my parents' door crying. Like that's a mm. faint weird memory I have. Um, he goes, Oh, you, you could see I was kind of lonely. He goes, you want, you want to see my star Wars figures? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he went upstairs and came down with the classic Vader and three PO Kenner um, display cases and storage cases and just yeah, kind of yeah. showed me. And my dad was, you know, I remember my dad like asking questions and he was pulling each one of them out. This is, uh, you know, and I don't remember the details, but he's probably, this is C3PO and this is Luke Scott. And I just, I thought, you know, I thought Battlestar Galactica with Lauren Green was Star Wars. I thought Buck Rogers was Star Wars. I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought it was all the same. 
And but I just remember that sitting there and someone was showing me Star Wars and it was seeping in whether I knew it or not. That's like your original version of Star Wars Explained. Uh, yeah. all, all due respect to Alex and Molly Damon, their wonderful, wonderful channel. Yeah. Channel, that's just so great. Did a, a kindly person go in? Yeah. Let me take you on a tour of Star Wars. Yeah. So there's all mine. I wanted to run through it here, Joseph. What are some of your honorable mentions? Yeah, I'll uh, run through as well. Um, this isn't a specific thing. It is just there are many moments, uh, too many different little ones uh, that I also just I always want to reflect uh, how lucky uh, I, I feel to be doing uh, the Four Center podcast. And in particular, um, we talk about a lot that we, we want to be positive. We want to be critical uh, and but still be, you know, thoughtful and positive and kind, even if there's something that doesn't work for us in Star Wars. And, you know, I'll not. I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Every once in a while, we get a message uh, from a listener. We often get very kind messages from listeners. Yeah. But every once in a while, we get one that just kind of, because my own life hits me in a specific way of uh, how it helped a certain person or uh, they're having a hard time finding a podcast that celebrated Star Wars or it really helped them through a rough time or they're listening to it in a, like a, a cool, faraway place. Um, yeah. Getting those kind responses that... Uh, that people are enjoying what we do is that's always one of my happiest Star Wars moments in real life. Uh, second that, I mean, uh, you know, some of the connections made, uh, I talked about my uh, passing of a uh, friend of the show, Zachary Bassinger uh, a couple weeks ago and, and, and the connections and all that comes from us. We love it. We love it. This is just, a, we, 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 we're, we're not even in the same room anymore. <laughs> we're in our own houses <laughs> recorded via technology, Zencaster. Um, so we truthfully, uh, as, honestly don't know who's listening sometimes and to get those connections, it, it does mean the world. Yeah, it's a great Star Wars moment every time. Uh, a couple other ones. Um, the beginning, early parts of this uh, adventure of uh, talking Star Wars with you, um, I was going through my Jedi Alliance memories of you had that YouTube show with Maud Garrett, and uh, there's a lot of different ones, but the one that was just like absolutely popped to my mind is I believe it was a, a May 4th like supersized special. Yeah. And it was like... Uh, you had invited me on and a bunch of other people. I was like, let's just have, have fun uh, with Star Wars. And I believe it was the day that I met Jennifer Landa. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Ellis, two people I consider uh, great friends, great people. It's amazing that I met them on the same day. And then I also have a special memory of uh, you ran a little trivia contest. And this is before uh, I ever got even close into involved in Dishmodown. And I don't, uh, I don't obsess on on trivia. I like knowing things for myself. Yeah. But I realized that, you know, I, I knew, you know, I knew I knew quite a lot about Star Wars just because mm. I love Star Wars and I did. But I remember <laughs> uh, being surprised by my own intensity. Uh, we didn't have yeah. any buzzers or anything. So I, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, you just had to say our last name. Yes, that's right. So to obsessively, uh, I realized how intensely I was saying, Scrimshaw. And... <laughs> You have such a, a, you know, a wonderful sports background and you had had it structured in some sort of like tier way that I honestly didn't understand. I and I, I had scored enough points that I was like safe to go on to the next round and I didn't need to answer. And I kept forgetting and you'd ask a question and I go, scrimshot. <laughs> and you'd very nicely say, you don't need to answer any more questions. You're safe for the next tier. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, that's right. I probably just, yeah, yeah. I have to go back and watch that. I don't, I don't watch a lot of those old ones. That's hilarious. Great moment. Great moment. Ah, uh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Mo working with Mod Ellis, Frankie Kazarian coming in and yeah, Jennifer Landa. I remember recruiting Jennifer, uh, maybe to come host uh, the show after Mod had, uh, left to move on to, uh, Collider Jedi Council and, uh, did not. Jennifer showed up uh, uh, pregnant. It was like, I probably couldn't do a weekly Star Wars show right now, but uh, <laughs> I'll be a guest. And it was great. Yeah. Love those early days. 
Yeah, absolutely great memories. Uh, another one is just kind of like the whole day and the buildup, and it is uh, something that is a, a community happy memory, but a, a weird everybody in their own corner community happy memory, and that mm. is the first night of The Mandalorian, right? Oh, it's yeah, that. Yeah. That sense of something brand new, everybody fussing with uh, their technology to get Disney Plus to work at all, uh, the buildup of it. I had, you know, got a Mandalorian Black Series figure that I was lucky to, to find and uh, <laughs> took like, a, I think I took an hour long photo shoot on my balcony <laughs> with the Mandalorian in the sun. <laughs> And just that everybody, that sense of everybody is far apart, but you know, so many fans are all together going on this ride. So that night, uh, that day and that night is a real happy memory. Uh, you know what? Uh, that, that, uh, I got a second that one because it, it was so, it, even like Book of Boba Fett, Mando season two, excitement's there, 100% there, but it was un, uh, unreal for Mandalorian because it was also Disney. What's Disney? We got Disney. How does this work? What's going on? Yeah. Live action Star Wars television, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a big deal in the beginning of something new, and I will treasure that beginning night. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more for me. One with uh, Galaxy's Edge. It, every That whole day, uh, my wife and I, I think, spent like 10 straight hours. No other part of Disneyland, just staying in Star Wars. Many individual memories, but uh, building the lightsaber, that was another one of those moments where I felt like, oh, this, I have managed to kind of enter the world. And my wife was so supportive taking pictures of the process. And then once I had the lightsaber, uh, taking a lot of pictures at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. And there's one that I like in particular where, like, okay, I know people are going to look at me weird, but fine. I wanted to do the pose uh, from like the original poster and Return of the Jedi of like holding the lightsaber up to the sky. Mm. And my wife got a really great picture of it. And there's one person walking by who's just turning around, like, <laughs> What's, right. what is he doing? <laughs> It's hilarious. It's it's like Galaxy's Edge. What do you expect? What do you think he's doing? Yeah, Yeah, but even at Galaxy's Edge, it's it. it, Different people have a different opinion when I post that of like that. She is looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" Or she's looking at me like, "That's so cool." Uh, Yeah, (laughs) we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, Final one for me on the runner-ups list. um, Another kind of performance memory uh, in twenty fifteen the weekend that the action figures came out for the force awakens mm-hmm. uh i was on tour uh on the east coast with uh, the double clicks great uh musical uh comedy group and molly lewis an- another musical comedy performer uh, good friends uh absolutely wonderful people great tour loved it uh but there's this in for my part of that show that we were doing uh, my set my 20 minute set was uh, star wars and social justice so it was star wars jokes every night it was star wars all the time <laughs> great time and it went really well very happy with it uh but there was this like i would normally be going to every target <laughs> <laughs> and i and i kind of can't and we rolled up to uh, our hotel running late uh, for one of the gigs and right across the hotel was a toys r us mm-hmm. and i had that and we were running late to the gig so we like we had to check in and we had like 20 minutes yeah. and I had that like shower and eat or action figures. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I got to do it. And I raced over there. I got a Kylo uh, and then uh, it told my friends about it. And they thought it was great and funny. And um, Molly Lewis kept introducing my set uh, with that of like, just in case you think he's not into Star Wars, he skipped a shower to get an action figure. <laughs> As, as you should, sir, as you should. <laughs> that's a, that's my uh, runner-up list. That is great. Oh, this has been so much fun. I hope you're all enjoying our uh, happiest moments in real life. Uh, we'll tell you where you can share yours because we do love hearing them. All right, we've reached our number one moments, our happiest uh, Star Wars moments in real life. Uh, I'll go with my number one here. And I got to tell you, I was racking the brain. I was like, there's a lot of things. Like, I mean, quite frankly, getting a Bespin guard, that's that's pretty damn high. I was even thinking this faint, foggy memory of the family friend showing me the Star Wars figures. Like, that's pretty high. It's pretty important to the, the list. And But all that, and you and I have 
we've touched upon it. It's a big theme for us because we, we came from that era and we celebrate uh, everyone uh, and their entry points in Star Wars. And there's a lot of different eras and ways to discover Star Wars, but we came from that 70s into 80s era. And so it, it sometimes feels a little extra special to finally uh, feel like you're home. And, and a lot of people out there in a lot of different ways in life can sometimes feel like you're finally seen or finally can connect with others like you or shared experiences. That's pretty powerful, even outside of Star Wars. And uh, to just uh, talk about something silly like Star Wars, it, it does mean a lot too. And I decided to go with um, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. It was my first celebration, been to conventions before. In fact, I was coming back from Vegas from a pro wrestling thing I uh, used to attend every year, the Cauliflower Alley Club. Watched the Chewy Were Home trailer at the Prim gas stations uh, in the Vegas, uh, California, Nevada, <laughs> California border. Uh, and uh, raced home and then the next morning packed up and, and went to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. And the, the, the first day had already happened. Uh, so again, I'd been to conventions in the last couple of years and they'd be a lot of fun. And, uh, but I walked around and I wasn't doing a lot of panels and, you know, force center was, uh, probably had no force center had not even begun yet. It was later that mm. year we started and, uh, Jedi lines and all that kind of stuff. But it was like, I just, it was a different experience. And I bought the visual, uh, the, the complete, uh, star Wars, uh, visual dictionary. I bought that when it was on sale, but, uh, got a copy of new Dawn. No, that was comic-con, but I got, I've got some other, maybe it was uh, Lords of the Sith or something like that bag of goodies, all that kind of thing. And I couldn't describe the feeling. And I went back, walked down to my hotel room and set all the stuff on the bed. Like, you know, your spoils of of war, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, And I sat, I was in my hotel room and, you know, I had the lanyard, all those things. And I just was looking I was, and I was nervously like pacing, smiling, shaking, texting people. Um, And I sat down to do, I was doing back then spotlight Star Wars on, uh, Napsack Files. It was uh, the precursor to moving it over to Force Center with, with you and uh, Jennifer. And I recorded, and I, I hate listening to old episodes, but if you ever all stumble on it, it, it just, you know, the technology, the old mics, I used to have everything, and I just don't like listening to stuff I used to do. But I, I, I just sat down to record because I couldn't capture what I was feeling. I couldn't understand it, especially in 2015, uh, you know, this like, 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 and I hadn't, I hadn't even left the day job yet. I hadn't gone to Screen Junkie, so I was in another world. And it really was that. It was Chewy We're Home. It mm. was an unmistakable feeling of I was surrounded by Star Wars fans uh, after spending so many years thinking I was on, on an island or a sparsely populated island. <laughs> and we always talk about that. I always talk about the unique shared journey. But that means like, oh, I love Wedge, and I love Wedge when he says Locke has foils and attack positions. And I'm the only, only one, right? No, there's thousands, maybe even millions. You just weren't connected. And it's still, even in this day and age, it could sometimes surprise you. And I just recorded an episode of how uh, just the feelings I was going through and still couldn't even put it into words. I still kind of can't. Just standing in the hotel room in a Star Wars t-shirt, waiting to go back to the floor, <laughs> waiting to go talk with friends, waiting to talk about Star Wars, being surrounded by Star Wars, quite frankly, for the first time in my life. And that was a great feeling. And that's my happiest moment of Star Wars in real life. Oh, yeah. Ken, we're home. Is <laughs> That's a great emotion. Ken, we're home. <laughs> Uh, so that is my number one, sir. That is my number one. Excellent. Excellent. And that means we are with your number one. Uh, my number one, man, uh, very difficult to decide. This entire list could be action figures. Uh, being at a celebration with a, a beer in hand, looking for action figures, that's a big one. But I kind of had to go back to like an absolute 
classic fundamental uh, one for me because it's about action figures. It's about the character of Luke Skywalker, but more importantly, it's about hope. <laughs> one of the hope. big themes in Star Wars. Uh, so it's kind of two twin memories. Uh, go back to 1983. Uh, my brother and I, my brother's three years older. He was a real realist. Uh, the We knew the Return of the Jedi action figures were coming out. We'd seen them in catalogs, probably on commercials. Uh, but at the time, we lived in St. Cloud, Minnesota, which is an hour drive from Minneapolis. And at the time, uh, St. Cloud was a much smaller town and there weren't many places to find action figures and certainly not new ones. Uh, so almost every weekend, uh, we would drive the hour into Minneapolis to kind of do like shopping, practical stuff and and fun stuff. I assume my parents got practical things. For me, it was all fun. <laughs> this one weekend uh, in 1983, uh, before the film came out, for whatever reason, my brother wasn't coming along. And I said to him like, okay, well, we're going to stop at all these big city stores and they might have Return of the Jedi action figures. So if they do, who do you want? And he's like, I got to be realistic with you. It's too early. You are not going to find those action figures. Don't get your hopes up. And I was like, okay, but if they do, he's like, the pig. I want the pig guard. I want the Gamorrean guard. <laughs> so I was like, all right. You know, my, my brother, my older brother, you know, he's almost always right. He helps me with the, you know, being realistic about life. It's not going to happen. So uh, we go into Sears at the time. Uh, and he's like, well, just going to check. And it's, it's honestly, it's probably just going to be, you know, what I'm used to, which is a lot of Lobots alone <laughs> yes. on the hangar. And I, and I turn the corner and it's the explosion all of those new figures, you know, yes. uh, and, and my eyes just start darting and selfishly I darted first for what I wanted, which is, you know, Jedi <laughs> Knight, Luke Skywalker, amazing action figure, cool action figure. If you're old enough to kind of go on the journey between empire and Jedi, it's not just the action figure. It's that em- empire and star Wars. Luke wants to be a Jedi Knight and everybody's like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not going to happen. Doesn't go great for him in empire. The movie hasn't, I haven't even seen the movie yet, but he did it. He's a Jedi Knight and it's the coolest action figure I've ever seen. Yeah. It's got his, his lightsaber is the correct color. Right. <laughs> it's green. Uh, so I was overjoyed to find this action figure. Also had a Gamorrean guard, just one of the best memories uh, 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 for, that I have as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And then kind of the, the twin memory that goes along with that is, you know, that day in 2012 where it was announced that uh, Star Wars was sold, the original trilogy is coming, most likely the uh, the original big three returning. My big emotional reaction is there's going to be a new Luke Skywalker action figure and I'm maybe going to have a moment like I did in 1983. <laughs> yes. uh, what is that action figure going to look like? And then Force Awakens comes out, they don't make the action figure. It's I'm like, I'm waiting right, for that yeah, yeah. moment. And, uh, you know, it's such a different lifetime. I'm so lucky to have my wonderful wife. She knows his story. She's all on board with this. So every target we're going to around this time after the action figures are supposed to have dropped, you know, we we check. And one time we turn the corner and it, it's, it's just like being transported in time, but new and different because my wife is there. I turn the corner and there's old man Luke Skywalker, a great action figure in my opinion. And able to celebrate it with my wife. She knew how much it meant to me. She took photos of me yeah. <laughs> cradling Luke Sky, old man Luke Skywalker. And, and Luke is right here next to me on my desk always when we record uh, Star Wars, that action figure. So those are my twin moments that uh, combine to be my happiest real life moment in Star Wars is finding Luke. It's the poetry of Star Wars. And don't you wish you could go back in time and just tell your brother toy collecting is built on hope. <laughs> exactly. Don't you understand? Don't you Toy understand? collecting is built on hope. Turn that corner. It might be there. It's 
so beautiful. And yes, the spoiler of the day uh, uh, was uh, back in the day was Luke Skywalker, a Jedi Knight on, in figure form. That's how a lot of people learn. Uh, I love exactly. it. I love it. I truly do love it. Poetry of Star Wars, poetry of Star Wars fandom. Thank you, Justin, for sharing all your very personal memories here. You uh, too. Oh, a lot of stuff. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed the journey as well. As uh, we've been saying, we want to share your own. We really love the interaction. You can go uh, on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked. Share a story, a photo, something you experienced along the way. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Uh, you can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. Uh, you can get an audiobook on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Get some merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center Podcast. Available in a lot of different spots, including uh, Acast, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, and the rest. Just search. If we're not there, let us know. We'll try to get on that spot. Uh, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, we had a show running for a little while there on uh, a companion app called Data Bank Dive, exclusive show. You can check out those episodes. Uh, in fact, I don't know. When we record this, we still might be doing it. I can't remember when we're releasing this episode. <laughs> uh, so uh, look for that. I will always tweet out how to find that. Uh, like I said, uh, support us on Patreon. Follow me at Ken Napsack or go to KenNapsack.com for more. Joseph, where can they follow you? Yeah, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and my website is josephscrimshaw.com. There you go. That is all. So for all of you Star Wars fans out there, uh, we hope you have happy moments in your past, your present, and your future of love and Star Wars. That's it for this week. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.